All right. So we are live on Facebook right now. Um, you guys might be missing Jesse. I'm filling in for Jesse today. I'm Zach. I'm the producer for Agent Power Huddle. Uh, so I'm behind the scenes a lot. So I'm going to fill in with Jesse. Uh, we have a great co-host today with Ken Crotch from Seattle. And we have Grant Wise, who is a Facebook expert. Uh, your company's called Whitley, right? Yep. Uh, where And what's the website the address for Whitley? It's uh, Whitley.net. W-I-T-L-Y dot net. Okay, great. So yeah, uh, face, uh, Grant's an expert in Facebook ads and um, we're going to ask him a lot of good questions today and hopefully we get some questions on Facebook or on Zoom. Um, so with that, I'm going to introduce Ken and uh, Ken, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, actually. Uh, Zach, it's nice to actually see you. I mean, we've interacted so much for yeah. so long. I, this is the first time I've actually uh, got the visual. So that's awesome. Yeah, I get that a lot. Like uh, I talk to, you know, I'm always booking people and scheduling them or sending them stuff. So actually, it's my first time meeting Grant, too, I just realized. So it's funny that you say that. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad to be here. You know what? Uh, real estate such a moving target right now. And I've been a, a Whitley customer for a long time. So I, I think that digital marketing is, is where real estate's going uh, because of a lot of different trends. And so this is a really, really timely for any agent out there that wants to get get more business. Yeah. I mean, I, and a lot's going on with Facebook and Apple right now. So, I'm, you know, I'm excited to hear Grant's take on that. Um, why don't we just, I think that's probably the biggest relevant thing with Facebook right now. Right, Grant, wouldn't you say? I think it depends on who you ask, but I think, you know, one of the biggest feuds going on right now is between Apple and uh, Facebook. And, and that's probably the one that has the most impact on people as iOS rolls out actually this week. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of issues that kind of, at least a lot of issues Facebook has, you know, proclaimed to come up with that. And um, it's uh, certainly something that depending on upon how you market will or won't affect you. Uh, you know, one of the primary ways that the iOS update affects people is through tracked events. And an event, for an example, let's say somebody goes to your website and they opt in to get a home value, just as an example. Well, when they opt in and they hit the thank you page, that can trigger an event, something that has taken place on your website that you wanted to track. And that is something that I would say 99% of the real estate world doesn't do is, is leverage conversion events to run ads. And so there's a significant, significant, significant amount of noise right now going on between iOS and uh, Facebook, but when it comes to you know getting down into the weeds and how is this really going to negatively impact people, the greatest effect it's going to have is on tracked events. The second greatest effect, I think, is going to be obviously through remarketing campaigns. And this is where we start to get into how it is going to affect uh, real estate agents and people in the... Well, how it's going to affect everybody. Um, and from a remarketing standpoint, let's say, for example, somebody goes to our website and there's a pixel tracking and you know we tag that person. Now we want to follow them wherever they're going. Well, if somebody opts out of Facebook tracking them, then we kind of lose an opportunity to uh, remarket to that person. And remarketing, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically just remarketing to the same group of people over and over and over again until they decide to, to, to do business with you. Most people could relate that to like Amazon, for example, you go to Amazon to buy a product, you decide not to. Next thing you go, you're back in Facebook and Instagram, that the product is following you through your newsfeed. So the iOS update where it could negatively impact people is through remarketing campaigns. And so 
Um, when you are doing something like remarketing, typically you're doing it to try to convert somebody into a customer. Uh, maybe somebody's become a lead of yours and you're trying to follow them everywhere they go so you can build a relationship with them. Uh, if your um, tracking goes away because the pixel isn't working the way that it was designed to because of the iOS update, that can have some negative effects. So what we actually teach people to do is a little bit different and use first party data instead third party data so third party data would be like the pixel tracking event uh, it's a third party tracking somebody taking an event and then you're just continually leveraging that information first party data is where somebody actually gives you their information their name their email their phone number and as a result you can take that information and build remarketing audiences and it essentially makes it to where um not necessarily that you're 100% unaffected, but because you're using first-party data that the consumer gave you, uh, it's it's extremely unlikely that you're going to be negatively impacted by some of the effects that come up with iOS. So I think change is scary for a lot of people, uh, but it's even more so scary for the uneducated and the unprepared. And I don't mean that in a negative way, as in the people I'm talking about are uneducated, I mean, uninformed, uneducated on the, the subject that we're talking about. If somebody's not jumped in like me and understood everything there is to know about the iOS update and how it's going to impact you, it can create some alarms because maybe you wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden, boom, iOS has taken place and all this stuff isn't working. And, you know, Facebook typically gives us, and Apple has as well in this case, months and months and months to get it figured out, get it, you know, understand how we're going to fix it and how we're going to make adjustments. So if you rely on events to run ads, uh, conversion ads, and track certain actions on your website, um, there's just a few simple things you want to do. You want to make sure you verify your domain. Uh, if you go into the business settings in your business manager, where you run ads, there's a tool uh, called Brand Assets. Uh, it's under Brand Assets or it's... Um, Brand safety, one of the two. It is brand safety. Go to brand safety. You'll see domains. You can verify your domains. There's two or three ways to do that. And then that's Facebook lets through, you organize. That's through Google, right? No, it's actually through um, your, you go through the Facebook ads manager. You input okay. your domain. All right. Is it okay if I share my screen with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, are you not the co? Yeah, you're the co-host. Okay. Yeah, so if you can see my screen, uh, if we come in here, this is the business manager and business settings, you'll see domains. And then you just upload a domain that you want to verify. And then it will give you three different ways that you can do that. And, you know, if you have GoDaddy as your domain host, that's one way you can do it. There's, you know, a couple other ways that you can do it. But verifying your domain is important. Uh, and then prioritizing the events you want to track. Some of the stuff I'm saying, most people in the real estate space most likely don't do. And therefore, it's, it's probably not going to be a, a huge conflict either way. But what is interesting is how this isn't just like a, a one case thing. It's not like just Apple is doing this. It's not like just iOS and, and Facebook are having this conflict. You're going to see where a lot of platforms adopt these types of tracking policies. Google is a, is a big one coming out uh, most likely next year, I would assume, uh, is going to basically kill off third-party pixel tracking. There's quite a few companies that will start to adopt these policies in an effort to give the end user, me, you, can the opportunity to just opt out of being tracked if we don't want to be tracked. And so I think the 
number one rule of marketing is you always got to focus on building your list and, and building up media that you own, you know, names, email addresses, phone numbers. And when you have a big database, that's media that you own, that's attention you own. Nobody can take that from you. And that is what Facebook, Apple, Google, all these major platforms have done is created owned media. It's why they are so big and it's why they can do whatever they want to do. And we just have to figure out how to live with it. But if you'll build your own database, you you kind of get to start playing that same type of game where you can just do whatever you want and everybody else has to live with it. And so uh, as always my encouragement right now, if you're struggling is, you know, if you don't, if you got leads coming into the business, you're building up own media and you're, you're going to be a lot less affected than somebody that's, that's, that's not. So there's, there's, there's so many different workarounds uh, and they're not necessarily even workarounds. They're just things that we should be doing. Uh, but that's some of my, I guess, 10 minute take on how Apple and iOS are going to, or iOS and Facebook are going to start affecting people. So my, uh, my understanding of what Google was, is that they, in, in May, uh, that they were going to start, uh, re, um, resorting websites. And you had, if your website doesn't load in three seconds, if you don't meet certain performance criteria that you're going to start. Uh, losing your rankings uh, with Google. And that's something that we've gone through and done some optimization on. Is that is that what you're talking about being pushed out next year? Or is that another thing that's still, that's current? Um, Google is always optimizing the performance of things and, and, and right. adjusting how people rank within their system. And I'm no, by no means a Google expert. Um, so I want to kind of preface what I'm about to say with that. What I'm talking about is, you know, if we use something called pixels to track the actions people take on websites, which is what we do with Facebook, mm -hmm. um, Google has communicated that they are most likely going to start killing off third-party tracking as well. Meaning what iOS is doing to Facebook, Google's about to do to the whole world. And so there's big changes when it comes to, to doing things like that that really matter. And how you are remarketing, I think is really important and how you're building audiences and how you're doing those types of things. I think it's really very important to start paying attention. Um, and and it, we're in an early adopter phase with remarketing even. So I think a lot of the things that are going on with Apple and and, and Facebook right now are, are really just a lot of noise or something for everybody to talk about. But in practice, I mean, I'd be willing to bet less than 1% of, you know, this industry specifically even is, is doing something like that. So why, why do you think that is? It's because when you run an ad, it's a special ads category. Like for people that don't know with real estate, you know, you, it has to meet certain criteria. You can't remarket really and target anyway, right? Well, that's not necessarily the case, but you know, HUD sued Facebook about two and a half years ago and said, we think that you're, um, because of the way that your targeting works, that agents can um, be discriminatory, maybe even unintentionally be discriminatory because they can market by age, gender, race, demographic, uh, yeah. address, all of those types of things. And Facebook said, okay, well, we'll fix that. And they created what they call a special ad category. And now you've got to check this housing box. If you run a real estate related ad, I even have to do it still. And I don't sell houses. I, I just work with real estate agents. And um, what that basically does is it removes some demographic-based targeting data. We still get a ton of interest-based targeting terms that we can use to have a lot of success. Terms like Zillow and Realtor.com and Homes.com and uh, residential area. Like there's all of these different types of terms that we still have access to that allowed us to build great audiences. Um, so it's not necessarily that you can't target. It's just, you got to know what terms to use if you want to build a high quality audience. And I think that there's some specific ways to even go a level deeper and build those audiences 
that will help make sure that you're still generating quality leads. I, I hear it a lot. Facebook doesn't work anymore. I'm not generating quality leads. I'm not doing this, that, or the other thing. And again, I go back to that uneducated, unprepared. Like if you don't take the time to study these changes and how they impact you, all of a sudden you're going to wake up and think something doesn't work. But these changes are always well communicated. Back when Facebook came out with the special ad category, they gave us a nine month head up, heads up. And so when we got the notice, we said day one of nine months, let's start testing and figuring out what terms they're going to get rid of and 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 what what's going to work and what's not going to work. And you know, within a few weeks, we had already adjusted the changes. So by the time those things took place, our kind of network was virtually unaffected. Now there's always things that they do that we don't necessarily understand. We have to jump in there and test that, you know, uh, right within those moments. But for the most part, they give us all a lot of heads up. So uh, I would say not necessarily to contradict you. It's just, you got to understand which terms you can and which terms you can't use. And that's probably, you know, the biggest thing. So I, I noticed that uh, in uh, working on the back end of some of my Facebook stuff that with Messenger specifically, uh, if you don't respond within 24 hours, they limit your ability to reach back out to somebody who has responded to an ad or has clicked. Uh, so they're they're getting more restricted. Well, and I don't mind because we never take 24 hours to respond. But that's something to be aware of. If you have Messenger messages sitting around for more than a day, you're going to lose the ability to respond to them. That's interesting. I, I hadn't realized that we don't run a lot of messenger ads. Obviously, you know, we were familiar with some of the work that you've been doing for the last year, year and a half. Uh, but I did not realize that. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily awesome, but you know, I guess it's good for the people that are taking action and taking care of their, their people. Well, I, I think the, the operative word that everybody will understand is opt in. So your ads, we, it's important to get people to opt in to continue to receive your information and to get them off the platform as soon as you can and into your old platform where you have a greater control. So Facebook is just one medium. You have text messaging, you have instant messaging, which is still Facebook. Uh, you have LinkedIn, you have emails, you have phone calls. There's all, there's a lot of ways to communicate with people. And one of our goals is since I've been an outbound telemarketer since 1986, right? Uh, we've actually moved our our platform to uh, an opt-in outbound marketing, if you will. We get people to opt in and ask us to call them rather than just trying to go out to the masses and call people who don't want to be contacted by us and who don't mm -hmm. answer their phone and are mad when they do to people who are actually uh, requesting information. If you, if you go to an opt-in uh, system and then get people to opt in on Facebook and on other platforms, you have permission at that point. And I think that's ultimately what everybody is going for. People want to be contacted when they want to be contacted. They don't want to be contacted when they don't want to be contacted. And so real estate's been notorious for, you know, having the the uh, the 6.30 dinner call with an agent calling call and saying, hey, I just sold a house. You want to buy a house? Uh, you know, uh, so I think we're getting more sensitive and we're using better systems. Uh, we've actually started with uh, in, in conjunction with uh, Grant's, Grant's platform um, using chat bots to help people get the information they want. They don't always need to talk to us, but they might want some additional information. And if mm -hmm. you can use a chat bot to get them the information and always give them the ability to talk to you right away, uh, we're finding that that's uh, satisfying the Facebook, the, the Facebook Messenger requirement to get right back to them. It engages them. I think people are becoming more comfortable with, uh, with the responding to bots as, not as, as long as they're not too long. 
and uh, getting them value in advance of actually having to talk to somebody. And, and for us, it's a way to sort people down to the next level of the funnel, right? Yeah. They opt out immediately, fine. Uh, the internet allows you to work with such huge numbers of people that you only need a tiny percentage to go and get down into that funnel to the point where it's really worth talking to them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to allow us to focus our time more importantly on the people that really want to talk to us and less time trying to follow up and chase down a bunch of low quality internet leads. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, we teach people a very specific process. We, we want you to generate leads first, build a brand second, convert third. And if you think about that systematically, you know, rule number one, generate leads. Goal number one, generate leads. You got to have this inbound opportunity coming to you so that every day you know where your business is coming from. You know, whether it's Google leads or it's Facebook leads or it's Zillow leads, whatever it is that you are trying to do, <clears throat> you want to create opportunity for yourself on a daily basis. And then you want to kind of move those people down the funnel like you're talking about and start to build a brand, build a relationship, uh, create a connection with those people. And that for us has been the secret weapon for the last probably three or four years now is as leads are coming in, we're setting up these, think of it like a video drip, you know, sequence where when people go back to social media and they're just, you know, going back to Facebook or going back to Instagram, they start to see our content everywhere that they go. And it's allowing us to build a relationship, create connections with people in a very leveraged way. And when I say secret weapon, I mean, this is what's allowing us to help people increase their conversion rates by as much as two to 300%. And if you guys are listening to this, think about that. I mean, if you generate hundred leads and you're closing statistically one deal per hundred, which is what most are doing right now, it's actually 0.8 with Facebook leads. If you close two deals, three deals, doesn't sound like a lot, but in real estate, that's an extra 10,000. It's an extra 15,000, extra $20,000 simply because you were able to put something in place that allowed you to create a better relationship. And then when we talk about conversion, we want to make sure that we have the right sales processes in place, emails, texts, calls, social interactions, those different types of uh, things all designed to move people to some form of appointment or phone call or, you know, live in-person meeting. But if you could start to think about your marketing more systematically, instead of just using Facebook to get leads that you're not going to follow up with, not put them in a CRM that you're going to have automations in place like can, like if you can start to think about this whole process more like you're designing an experience for that buyer and seller to have from the moment they meet you in an ad or become a lead to the moment they're sitting at the closing table. A lot of real estate agents are so good at servicing the needs of their customers, but they're not so good at servicing the needs of their future customers. And we talk, we talk about buyers and sellers, leads, prospects, those are your future customers. So many people are so focused on I want to talk to somebody that's ready to get in the car or sign a listing agreement and then get to close. But we forget that there's this entire part of your business, the marketing division of your company, the sales division of your company, those experiences have to take place first. And not every you know deal you get is going to be a referral. And if that's your only source of business, it's actually incredibly restrictive because there's no way to predict how many referrals you're going to get in a month or a quarter or a year. And so if you could just put more emphasis in thinking about your marketing and sales, lead generation, branding, those types of things as an experience that you're creating as an extension of the incredible service that you likely already give your customers, 
it's amazing, you know, just making some of those simple adjustments, what's going to happen to, you know, an agent's business. And I've seen it. I've been, I've seen people come to us that have no, no business, no background, no nothing. They're brand new. They're millionaires in three years. I've seen people come at, to us and they're struggling at four to $5 million of production. They can't get to the next level. And I've seen veterans that are producing at the highest levels just want to get better. And in every one of those areas, when we start thinking about uh, building a business that way, you know, creating an experience, the effects of that are just insane. Well, if you consider, uh, this may be an old stat, but the average buyer takes about 400 days to, from the time they think about, start thinking about buying a house to the time they actually buy a house. So we've gotten better and better and better and better through social media and the, the whole lead generation business has gotten so good at predicting who's going to be a buyer. And it's not that these these are low quality leads that we're buying or getting, it's that they're further out. We're getting them earlier and earlier in the process. So I, it's really important to build build your brand over that 400 days. So that's average, that's average. So if you're doing videos on real estate nomenclature, what does CMA mean? What does escrow mean? You know, Educating people and becoming the authority in their eyes, they're gonna come to you naturally when it's time to time to go, and you're communicating via text and video, video emails and video on your web page and Facebook, you know, you could be omnipresent for a really, really a relatively inexpensive amount of money, if if it's a well thought out campaign campaign, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's you can't be a one one trick pony. And if you're waiting for the what we call a lightning strike, somebody calls, they're ready to go. You go out and you sell sell a, a deal. We love lightning strikes and we get them every now and then, but you, you can't build a business based on lightning strikes. And that's unfortunately where I think a lot of agents are. They want that phone call where they run out the door, they go show five houses and they make 20 grand. Well, that's great. And that will happen every now and then if you're out marketing all the time. But I know I make my money on follow-up. I'll follow up, follow up, follow up. The average seller that I that I list, I've been talking to for a year plus. I have people in my database that regularly will, I've gone to do a market analysis and then they come back to me through Homelight or through through some other means. It's really interesting that people, they, they're in the market for a long time on average before they actually do something. So your system needs to be developed, set up to be with them forever. And this is why I hate drip campaigns. The two week drip campaign, the 60 day drip campaign. Wait a minute, the average is 400. What are we doing with anything less than a thousand day long drip campaign that educates the consumer completely over time? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and these things need to be thought through. And the agents, I think they have systems that put into together the systems are the ones that are ultimately going to be reaping a reward as we get more restrictive and privacy becomes something more that we take control of as consumers. I, I couldn't agree more. Hey guys, if I could jump in here for a sec, we have a question from Dan Edson on Facebook. Um, it's from the retargeting stuff we were talking about earlier. He wanted to know, will the change with Facebook and Apple, uh, will it keep him from targeting people who like a Facebook page that he already owns? You know, I think that's a great question. And we go back to the, the difference between first party data and third party data. So if somebody opts out of um you know, Facebook tracking their activities via iOS, that's, an, that's a great example of, we may lose the ability to remarket to that person that has liked your page because that is uh, data owned by Facebook, uh, i.e. third party. And so we wanna always default to list building 
or lead generation to build our own database. And we really want to focus on remarketing our own database and just ever growing that database over a long sustained period of time. Because what we're doing there is we're remarketing with first party data, which allows us to continually grow our database. And that means lead generating. I mean, just that's a constant. It's something that we've all learned in real estate for decades. Okay. I'm only 30, 31. Uh, and I know beyond my even existence, this is something that has been taught in the real estate space is that you've got to build your sphere of influence. You got to grow your database. You got to really just expand your network. And so, you know, those principles still apply here. Uh, the, the rules haven't changed. Just the way we play the game has evolved a little bit. And so, uh, I, I believe that the answer to that question is that iOS can negatively impact you if you are solely reliant on remarketing people that only like your page because it's Facebook's data. And if somebody opts out of Facebook tracking an action or being remarketed because of Facebook, uh, you know, we got to get in here and we got to play, play the game, you know, once the rules kind of change a little bit, which is what we're all going through now with iOS being released this week. Nobody knows. Um, you know, how fast it will take effect. There's adoption periods to all of these things. Uh, as an example, uh, one of our main ad strategies for lead generation is using lead form ads to generate leads. Two and a half, uh, I would say, whenever Facebook lead form ads initially came out, they actually didn't work very good. It took about a year to 15 months for the adoption period to, to kind of cycle through and people actually got used to clicking a lead form and, and opting in that way. So, I don't know how fast it's going to, to take place. And I don't think anybody really, uh, really does. Uh, all we know is that the, we've been given some parameters for how to prepare for it. And if you remember the oldest rules of marketing, marketing, mar marketing is marketing, sales is sales, branding is branding. You know, all of these things never really change, at least principally, uh, if you'll just remember those types of things and, and live by those types of uh, rules when it comes to, to growing a business, you know, you're going to be fine no matter what platform you use. Um, so I, I don't know the answer to that question uh, until we start to see how it negatively affects uh, people. But based on what we know, third-party platforms like Facebook are going to be affected. And so building a list, owning, um, you know, contact information, having a, a database full of names, email addresses, phone numbers is, is never more crucial than it is in moments like this. And that never changes. So it's, it's about building systems that allow you to continuously bring those types of leads into your CRM. That's data that you own. Nobody can take from you. Uh, I think that's the biggest message here is that, you know, build, build your own list, build your own database and rely on that take care of that group of people and you'll never have to worry about some of these types of changes. So we got about four minutes left. Um, so Ken, why don't I give you the floor if you have any more questions you want to ask? Um, I, you know what? I, I think that uh, it's an important to, real estate's always been a moving target. So I think it's important to uh, do the nitty gritty work of digging in and getting educated about this stuff. That's the hard work of real estate. Being out with, with clients for me is fun. I love being in the living room, you know, me, meeting with people. But, uh, but the real hard work is uh, digging into this back end stuff. Uh, but it's crucial. It's becoming more and more crucial all the time. And uh, even with a team, uh, you've got to support them and, you know, stick with your customers. That database, uh, you need to market to it all year long. And uh, I think videos are crucial. I think they're a high credibility, high value and, um, and build your brand and people will just start coming to you. It's amazing how it works. 
Actually, Grant, if we could, I actually wanted to ask you, what do you think is the future of, you know, video is always changing. It's cheaper, cheaper, easier to do. And the format's always changing. You know, green screen is really big. It's still big. But now you see these TikTok type, TikTok type videos. So I was curious what you think the next step in video marketing, like what's it going to look like, what the format's going to be like, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know what it's going to look like or what it's going to be. We're always reacting in this space, right? You know, as marketers, we're just reacting to what the market likes and doesn't like. And um, we don't really get any say. Um, you know, we can go out and do what it is that we want to do, but ultimately the market's going to respond and they're going to get to dictate what, we, <laughs> what we're going to do moving forward. And so I think that the last 12 to 15 months uh, really shifted the landscape and how things uh, work and what people are interested in, what they aren't interested in. And what I've noticed is that that cell phone content, you know, TikTok or Reels or uh, just some of that more raw made, you know, relatable type content, uh, it took off because that was everybody's life. You know, we, we entered a period five, six, seven years ago where transparency, authenticity, vulnerability became really relevant in marketing messages. And we're living in a time right now where we are craving connection in such a profound way. And so when we are seeing content that's done on the phone, that's that's relatable, that's more intimate, that's more raw, it doesn't seem fake or made up. It's just people being who they are and expressing who they are. I think that you're seeing, you know, that's one of the biggest reasons that those types of videos are having so much success. And I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about, you know, brand building and the types of videos that you should be using today and that you shouldn't. The cell phone content is without question the best type of content to create right now because it's the best performing. We'll spend hundreds, thousands of dollars on video production and those videos will go out there. They'll get a lot of views, you know, cool people watch it. But like, if we want engagement, we want conversation, we want interaction, we want conversion, like every time I pull my phone out and and just make a quick video and post it, it gets 10 X the response because it's what I've told somebody like recently is think about accessibility. You know, the way the brain works is it, you know, you all we're sitting here now. We don't, we, we know consciously that we're in different parts of the world and we're having a, you know, virtual interaction, but our brain doesn't Uh, Zach, you know, I can, I can sit here and have conversations with you guys and, um, my brain, the neurons are firing the exact same way as if we were sitting here face to face in the coffee shop, just chatting and, you know, your brain doesn't actually know the difference. So when you create content like this, that's, you know, it looks like me and you are sitting there having a face-to-face conversation, your brain isn't processing the fact that you are a million miles away from whoever it is that you're watching. It thinks that you are literally sitting there having a face-to-face human interaction with somebody. And it, it creates the illusion of accessibility. You know, if I go watch a movie with The Rock, I all of a sudden don't like, oh, it's, you know, he's a movie star. I'm never going to see that guy my entire life. If I get face-to-face with The Rock right here on Instagram Live or Instagram TV, it's like, damn, he's right there. I can touch him. Like, I can see him. I can feel him. And so there's just such a significant difference in those two things stylistically. And I always lean into the data. I don't lean into my feelings. I'm going to lean into the data and say, that's where it's taking us right now. And so we've got to lean into that. Nobody knows what it's going to look like in a year, two years, three years, four years. Um, And anybody that claims that they do, 
like, I don't know, man, like it's real. I don't think anybody knew, you know, 12 to 18 months ago, this is where we'd be today. And this is how we'd be communicating. And this is how we'd be doing things. We evolved by decades in, in literally 12 months. And so, bro, I don't know the answer to that question. What I know is what works now is cell phone content that's relatable, that's raw, that's vulnerable, that creates connection, creates accessibility. And that's what, you know, agents should be focused on too. No, not, not what's going on tomorrow, what's going to happen today and what you need to do today. So you like that, you like the improv, like the uh, Facebook um, stories and the quick cell phone videos. I mean, I, I see people eating cookies and driving in a car. So uh, versus- I don't, green, no, uh, no, I don't. I, I like the branded content so much better personally, <laughs> but um, what we're seeing, what we're seeing is that the more just like off the cuff, you know, cell phone created type content is performing better. Um, okay. So if you're asking me, no, I prefer the green screen, the professionally edited, screen, the music, I, I, stuff. I don't do much of yeah. that ad hoc stuff. So I'm thinking I need to get on and start doing more of that. Pull the phone out, man. And what I've told people is like, look, if you want to build a brand, you just want to get attention, you want to become known, do the professionally edited stuff. But if you want somebody to take an action with you, you want them to subscribe to your podcast, you want them to subscribe to your YouTube channel, opt into your list, buy a product from you, whatever, get face to face with them just like this and make a request. And you'll see that the professionally edited content is drastically outperformed by just a quick little cell phone video. And I've seen it time and time and time and time again for the last half of a decade. It's been insane to watch, but it's never been more so true than it is today. So, Very good. Well, um, I'm sure we could both, all three of us talk about this all day. Um, I don't want to take up too much of everyone's time. I'm really grateful for you guys to do this. Uh, and the funny thing is, it's supposed to be a question and answer, but Grant knows so much and he's so passionate that we don't have to ask him a lot because he just knows everything anyway. So <laughs> it's like, also I can't, content. That's, why, <laughs> yeah, that's why I can't be on uh, panels when I speak at live events because I end up talking too much. So thank you guys for giving me the floor and the space to do that. Yeah. So um, is there any, let's, I want to give you a chance to promote, you know, Whitley and whatever else you got going on. So this is your chance to promote whatever you'd like. You know, man, the only thing that I want to promote is you. You know, if you're watching this, um, you know, you got uh, a business that you're trying to grow and you got uh, sales you're trying to generate and you got a family you're trying to provide for. And that's all we do at Whitley is, you know, we promote you in a way that allows you to convert more deals. And, um, you know, Whitley, it's an automated ad platform. It runs ads for you so that you can focus on, you know, your clients while we focus on making sure you never run out of them. It's, it's a pretty simple concept. And so if you're trying to generate leads or you're trying to use remarketing or you're trying to master video or you're trying to convert more, uh, you know, our software does all that stuff for you. And we give you a full team of marketing coaches to help make sure that you know exactly what to do every step of the way. And if that's interesting to you, I'd love to, to chat with you. If not, it's totally fine, but you can get a demo if you go to Whitley.net, W-I-T-L-Y.net and check it out. You can opt in, see how the system works. It's very easy. Uh, um, and it's not overly complex. And like I said, I just want to promote you. If, you've, if you're out there, you're struggling to convert leads and you're trying to figure out how to make all this stuff work and connect all these systems together and create opportunity for yourself, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to, the chance to chat with you at least. Awesome. And uh, Ken, any, any last words, anything you want to yeah. add? I've been a Whitley customer for a year and a half and, and it does work. And I'm still generating uh, business off of uh, the initial ads. Um, but in, in my business, uh, we're moved, we've been moving into video. Uh, we're growing, uh, we're growing in Whitley. We were actually going to the next step with uh, chat bots and other things and, uh, just really trying to provide really high value for the people on our team and, 
I really, I want to give it all away at, at some point to help other people uh, do what we're doing because it's so complex. And I'll tell you what, it, I feel sometimes like I'm beating my head against a brick wall. Uh, but once you finally get through to the solutions, um, you know, uh, firstly, I just, I want to help some people uh, avoid having to, you know, bloody their heads on a brick wall and just get around it. And I will say that Whitley simplifies the whole, if you've been in the ads manager for Facebook, I are completely confused. Willie does simplify that significantly. So, um, yeah, we're, I work in the Seattle Tacoma area and uh, we're, we love to work with agents and work with customers and, you know, help out any way we can. All right. Great. Well, uh, thanks to everybody tuning in and for the questions. And um, we do these once a month. So we'll do another one next month. And the replay will be on our YouTube at youtube.com slash agent power huddle. And it'll also be available as a podcast on all podcast platforms, just search for Agent Power Huddle. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. So thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. You guys have a great day. Have a good day. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.